Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Huntworth Gear, performance camel wear at a price you can afford. Huntworthgear.com. And by Ducks Unlimited, proud sponsor of Outdoors Radio and of duck hunters everywhere. Ducks.org. We're also brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association, 60 square miles of fun on the water, castlerock-petenwell.com, and by Woodside Ranch Resort and Conference Center, woodsideranch.com. I'm Dan Small. Today we'll check in with Charter Captain Dumper Dan Welsh for the final Lake Michigan fishing report of the season, and we'll learn about the difference between night vision optics and thermal imaging optics. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, presented by Pappas Trading Post, Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer, located just west of Arena at the intersection of Highway 14 and County Highway H, and on the web at pappastradingpost.com. And you hear this feature every week at this time on Fox Sports 1070 WTSO, and anytime at all, wherever you get your podcasts, Lakelink, iHeartRadio, OutdoorNews.com and other platforms as well. Joining us once again from the Trading Post is J.C. Chamberlain. Well, J.C., welcome back, and gosh, bow season open. Yeah, well, thanks for having us back. It is the season, finally. We can all get out and enjoy that beautiful outdoor weather that we've had and spend a little time in the tree. Yeah, the long wait is over, and you were out this past weekend, I understand, with your daughter, Haley? Yeah, she actually hasn't done, you know, really any bow hunting before. She just turned 11 Saturday. Uh, We got to go out actually Sunday evening and try to get her a deer and with the crossbow. And we had a pretty close encounter, but didn't quite work out. But she seemed to be all right with it and wants to go again. So uh, we're the wind as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) That's absolutely, absolutely. Well, what are you hearing from other hunters? The kind of word around, or you know, what we've been seeing and stuff too. You know, we did get some rain, so we did get a little water, but still, water seems to be key. We were actually hunting on, you know, a little apple tree spot that we were after, and they've been pretty regular at. But a lot of the guys that we've heard good things from, anyway, have been able to be on a water hole or fairly close to water. Mm-hmm. All right. Anybody get one worth reporting? One of our customers actually opening night whacked a big one. I don't know, you know, exact score or anything like that, but they figure the deer is going to be seven, eight, nine years old, somewhere in there. Oh my! Because they've had sheds from it from at least four years previous. So, uh, pretty neat situation there. He actually had a couple that he had kind of patterned just with cameras and stuff, and. He was in here Saturday picking up some arrows and got to talk with Rich and Randy a little bit. I was busy, and he was wondering if he should go after him or not because he had been real regular and then kind of quit showing up, and it's like, nope, get in there. If he hasn't been in there in a few days, he's going to come back, and sure enough, <laughs> he came back and he got him. Gorgeous deer, a couple small drop tines, real wide, heavy. I mean, just one of those deer we dream about. Yeah. You got some pictures? Uh, I just got the one that he sent me. I think he did actually have it posted on the rut report as well uh-huh. okay. um, at one point. Well, what do you think? You mentioned water and you mentioned apples. What else should we be doing this early season now? It's cooling off, but it's still warm out. 
what should we be doing? Yeah, as far as the hunting part goes, obviously, you know, if you have cameras out or on the, in the field, you know, whatever that recent, most recent information is, but at least for what we've seen, you know, like we said, water has been probably number one right now. It's still really dry. Number two has been food, apples. We've heard reports of acorns already as well. And then uh, we've actually got a couple of alfalfa fields that were cut a little bit late that with that last little bit of rain finally jumped up, started growing again. Uh, and those have been pretty hot as well. You mentioned acorns. I have seen, and I have not been out in the woods to hunt because I've been too busy fishing up in Lake of the Woods and now over in Bemidji where I still am this week. But on our property, right in our backyard around one of our garden plots, acorns on the ground all over the place from one oak tree we have there. And I'm hearing from other people, this is a good acorn year. In fact, it's been a problem for bear hunters because bears like acorns, as we know. Yep, yeah, I mean, anything sweet like that that's natural browse always seems to be kind of like king over anything that we plant. <laughs> as much as we want to get those food plots looking superb and super tasty, it seems like the natural browse, that's the majority of their diet. And we've seen the same thing, lots and lots of acorns on the ground so far. Now, I've heard this trick, I think I've tried it a few times, not successfully, but talking about acorns, have you ever done this yourself or heard of people doing it? You take a like a handful of small gravel or pebbles, and you or even acorns, and you drop them out of your tree stand into the dry leaves, and it sounds like acorns falling, and the deer, if they're close but don't want to come in, they may come and investigate it. Have you ever tried that? Um, I haven't with acorns. Um, I do know, like from experience, again, hunting in the, around the orchards and stuff for apple trees, we've done that with apples you know, just grab a handful and throw them out here and there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even when you're sitting there, we kind of got it from that same thing. You're sitting there and wind's blowing, apples are falling, and it does seem to be a calling card for sure. It's kind of a neat little trick, and you never know. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the, the moose hunters who take the birch bark trumpet that you blow for moose and fill it with water and let it drain into the lake, and it sounds like a moose urinating <laughs> You know, I don't. Yep. Th I don't think we've got the whitetail equivalent of that. <laughs> Hopefully, a water bottle with a little squirt, squirt tail on it there, or whatever. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of one of those things. You know, I mean, the more realistic you, a situation is, you know, the more likely something might key on that and be like, oh, hey, you know, maybe they're they're out there already. You know, they might actually come in even a little bit more relaxed. Sure. Um, not looking as hard just because they think somebody else is already there. So. Yeah. Yeah. That can always be a. Now, kind of a neat thing to try. So. Before you moved out here from out east, did you ever hunt moose in Vermont? Unfortunately, no. I was never lucky enough to draw a tag. We actually were lucky enough to have a few around on the hill there where it grew up, uh -huh. but never was actually able to get a tag in order to harvest one. Now, what's the deal with Vermont moose tags? Is it a real competitive drawing? Very much so, actually. Um, they actually changed the system a few times. They do allow points, but it's a bonus point, last I checked. So it's kind of a random thing. You just get more tickets in the hat, and there's very few tags. I know, like, non-resident-wise, I think there might only be maybe 10 in the entire state. Oh, boy. Maybe. Yeah. You know, as far as resident stuff goes, that's going to be a little bit more. But even those, you know, units-wise, I don't think we ever had a unit over, like, 20 or 25 tags total. Mm -hmm. so. But not as bad or as difficult as elk here in Wisconsin. Uh, no, not quite that far. 
I think, <laughs> for sure. I think oh. twenty-five thousand or twenty thousand of our closest friends applied for those four elk tags for this year, and uh, I keep putting in every year. And if I get one, you, you bet I'm going to hunt them. And I'll probably bow hunter or maybe crossbow. It seems like that would be more yep. fun. Oh, it it would be a blast. I think you know, and nothing like trying to harvest an elk in the big woods. So yeah. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be pretty neat. Yeah, for sure. Well, if people have problems with their equipment in season, which is open right now, can they still get uh, service in a pretty quick turnaround? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, right now, as far as, like, string cables and stuff goes, again, if we have the parts, it's, you know, a week pretty much at the most um, right now. Um, if we had to order, it's still going to be that week and a half to two. Uh, but plenty of time to still get things fixed. You know, a lot of the small things that need taken care of, we're always you know as long as you're willing to wait a few minutes we can get those taken care of and done up real quick all right well store hours now that season is open uh they're going to be the same so monday through friday 10 to 6 saturday 9 to 5 all righty well good luck to you and to haley for your upcoming hunts and we will talk to you again in a couple weeks sounds good thanks and uh, good luck to everybody else out there as well all righty J.C. Chamberlain with the Madison Report from Pappas Trading Post, Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission Archery Retailer. They're located just west of Arena at the intersection of Highway 14 and County Highway H and on the web at PappasTradingPost.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupe and Abraham, named best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678 or visit Hupe.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. And we've been saying that Mike Hupe would pay a $25,000 reward for the first anonymous tip that led to a conviction in an, an unsolved homicide case. Well, he has paid that reward. So if we can get more information on that, it, it may be information that we can't share, but if we can, we'll let you know. And that's what Mike Hupe does. He is a very uh, responsible citizen, and uh, he supports the community, and he is the president of Milwaukee Crime Stopper. So, Mike, congratulations, and uh, thanks for that contribution to 
our community, the greater Wisconsin community, and uh, thank you again for sponsoring our show. Well, you may hear a little gravel in my voice. I'm at the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Writers Conference. It's in Bemidji, Minnesota, wrapping up this week, and I'm heading east again. And joining us from Wisconsin Rapids, finally home for at least a few days, Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, you, um, I suppose you had some catching up to do when you got home. Always catching up to do. I feel like that's uh, that's the name of the game uh, each uh, each season at this point. But yeah, we finished up the uh, Masters Walleye Circuit event on Cass Lake last weekend, and uh, it was it, it was a really fun event. Uh, the forty pound mark was cracked for the first time on Cass Lake uh, at a tournament, uh, specifically at a Masters Walleye Circuit tournament, closest uh, we had been before was just over 37 pounds, so it was beat by 3 pounds, which is, again, pretty incredible, Dan. When you think of uh, Minnesota's uh, regulations, um, we're talking about uh, a regulation that only allows the anglers to bring two fish over 20 inches Mm -hmm. uh, to the scale. So Uh um, your over 20-inch fish have got to be quite sizable, and your under 20-inch, your 15 to 20-inch, need to be pretty healthy as well and cast lake has has got that all and uh it was really neat to see joe bricko and dylan Mackey, who uh, have fished with us when we go to cast lake pretty much every year for uh quite a number of years now they uh they got a chance to hoist the big trophies and uh they took home like twenty six thousand dollars in cash and prizes not bad not bad well, are you done for the season, or no? You've got one more, right? I got one more. We got the World Walleye Championship in Pierce, South Dakota, on Lake Sharp. So that'll come up first uh, first week of October. I'll be out there, um, and in between now and then, uh, Robert, my son, and I are going on our camping trip to Mercer. So uh, we'll uh, we'll be taking off next week, and um, we're gonna have a good time up on uh, up on the islands. We've got ourselves. Uh, prepared to do some uh of course some fall fishing and uh probably a little bit of small game hunting as well all right any bow hunting in there before you go to south Dakota? you know <laughs> I, I didn't talk to you off the air about this but i've got uh, a really nice 12 point buck that shows up at my place and uh and earlier this week i got one of my spy point cameras went off and it was at 7 20 p.m Seven twenty is close of shooting time. Yeah, and uh, and so you know it's perhaps he was you know stepped onto the property you know before you know before that exact minute I suppose, but um, uh, the problem I have now if I even go to start start chasing him there is that if it's an east wind, I won't have a chance, and we've got an east wind scheduled forecasted for at hmm. least the next week. So oh boy. I don't think I'll be chasing him anytime soon, but it's fun to see him on camera. He is a beautiful specimen. I'd love to be able to harvest him. But, uh, you know, we'll get into October. Who knows what happens? And uh, maybe I just have to wait for him to get a little silly uh, about himself uh, in November. And they do that. They do. They do that for sure. Yeah. Well, he'd look good on Robert's wall, but <laughs> he I, I don't would. know if that gives any more of an ego boost. I know. I know. Than he's already had this year. Well, great. Well, we are recording this uh, early in the week, this time on a Thursday, I believe it is. And this Saturday, September 23rd, when most people will hear this show, it's National Hunting and Fishing Day. 
So look for events near you this weekend if you're going to be out and about, not hunting or fishing, but looking for something to do there. Events for kids and families and, you know, everybody. We'll talk about a couple of them later in the show. Well, I was at Lake of the Woods a couple weeks ago, as you know, on this uh, Odyssey marathon trip that started, um, gosh, I don't know, I've lost track of the time, Jeff, but um, I went up to Lake of the Woods with my son and a group from a group of friends that we promoted this event, of course, on the radio. We had a great time. And then from there, I came down to, um, to uh, Bemidji. But we had great company. Gina Thorson of Stormy Cromer bought, brought some of those new waxed cotton trail caps for all of us. And we wore them in our group picture at the end of the trip, which was fun to do. We caught a lot of walleyes, many of them too big to keep. And that's, you know, there's a slot size in Ontario as well. But the lodge has a, a cutoff at 18 inches, not 20, which I believe is the uh, the provincial cutoff. So we caught a bunch of them and uh, ate some for shore lunch. Two of the boats one day got into big crappies, and Gina was part of that group. She and her husband, Dave, they boated 36 what I would call slab jumbo crappies. They were amazing fish, and uh, we all got to take some of those home. John and I caught some nice smallmouths with our guide, Steve Sapachuk, and uh, I caught a 46-inch muskie and a walleye jig. I may have mentioned that last week. Had that fish on for about 20 minutes, and the hook was almost bent straight when we got it in the net. Um, and earlier that day, I caught a 41-inch northern trolling, a Berkeley flicker shad after walleyes. And Steve said, you know, all the walleyes that I catch, he's not a muskie angler, uh, were came on um, on walleye baits, you know. That's what that's what they do up there. And uh, we had campfire almost every night. Northern lights were out, so it was a great trip. And uh, I'm planning on going back next year. And I know some of the folks who were with us want to do it again. Ballard's Black Island is where we were, and you go to BlackIsland.com to learn about that trip. And as I mentioned, now I'm in Bemidji. Heading back to Wisconsin this, uh, as soon as you and I are done talking, in time for the Dave Cook Memorial Sporting Clays shooting for scholarships event at Mayville Gun Club. That's always on uh, the last Friday of September. But the conference was great here, uh, good seminars, and good fishing. Um, have you ever got into big rock bass, Jeff? Uh, not big, many, but not big. Well, we caught... More, I was with uh, Kenny Keezer and Ken Parrott and our guide Dick Beersley, and we caught 50 rock bass. I'd say the average size was 11 inches. We threw back everything under <laughs> 10, and uh, and uh, Ken won the um, biggest um, panfish award and the biggest longest stringer of with 36 plus inches of rock bass. Um, I caught most of mine. On a an Al's goldfish, the original goldfish. We were tipping sure. jigs with minnows, but I was just jigging that naked goldfish, and man, they were just hammering it. So that's awesome. Um, and this was during the first annual Aglow fishing contest, and I didn't. I was like third place in the, in panfish, uh, but I won a wild card package, including a nice Saint Croix rod, a Mojo Bass frog rod that uh, I'm going to try out on. Maybe pike and maybe I'd make a good light musky rod. So I'm looking forward to using that one again. Cool. Yeah, well, coming up, 
Charter Captain Dumper Dan Welsh is going to wrap up his reports for the season, the Lake Michigan Fishing Report, off Sheboygan, of course. And Steve Lemonoff, he's the marketing director for Armasite. He's going to explain the difference between thermal imaging and night vision optics. Very interesting conversation. All that and more, straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the disruption camo pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us again on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. It's time for another Lake Michigan Fishing Report, and this is the final report of the season, sponsored by Dumper Dan's Sport Fishing Charters, Condos, and Riverfront Store on South Pier Drive in Sheboygan and on the web at DumperDan.com. And this report, along with a dozen of them that we've done this year, will be posted on Facebook at Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters. It's also brought to you this week by three great bars in Sheboygan, Bourbon Street Pub and Grill on Indiana Avenue and online at bourbonstreetsheboygan.com, Hollerin' Hills Bar and Grill 
on South Business Drive and on Facebook at Holler N. Hills and by Vreeke's Bar on Michigan Avenue and they're on Facebook at Vreeke's Bar. Now joining us on the road again this week, he's out there in Kansas and we'll find out what he's doing. They don't have any Great Lake salmon out there. Dumper Dan Welch. Well, Dan, welcome back to the show and what are you doing out there in Kansas? Glad to be back, Dan, and talk about fish. And I just gave the outfitters uh, smoked salmon from Sheboygan, freshly caught just a few days ago when I came out here. And they do not have that kind of fish in grocery stores here in Kansas, so they definitely loved a couple salmon smoked fillets from us at Dumper Dan's. We're out here, Dan, doing a little deer hunting. Uh, got some good customers slash friends, I mean, that have been with me for a while. And I come out here hunting to Kansas and to Minnesota, and they come out fishing with us in the summer. So it's just a good relationship with both of these families and folks here in Kansas and Minnesota. Well, what kind of hunting are you doing? It's all whitetail hunting, Dan. I, I was out here a few years ago, and now I'm back in Kansas here, and it's all deer hunting, you know, whitetail. And we're at muzzleload season right now, which is the first hunt out here. We're doing that. I was here three years ago, and we did the late hunt in December, which was rifle. I shot a really nice eight-pointer here. Beautiful country in Kansas. We're pretty close to the Nebraska line. We're on the north end of Kansas, but just beautiful, beautiful country. Yeah, we're just chasing some whitetail, and actually the Minnesota folks where I hunt over Southeast Minnesota are with me here, so uh, oh, okay. they come with me to this camp as well. So just a good time hanging out, you know, trying to gather up some venison for the family for us to throw on the grill and hopefully put a nice deer on the wall as well. Are you seeing some deer? We are. Yeah, we saw some bucks yesterday. Uh, nothing big enough yet, but we've only been here a couple of days. We're here for the whole week, so we're checking trail cameras right now as we speak on the midday here. We're back at camp and just checking out what, uh, what's all out there, but uh, I anticipate we're going to do pretty well. We usually do out in this neck of the woods. Well, good luck on the hunting, and uh, of course you'll be bringing some venison back if you get a deer or two or three. Uh, but how's the fishing in Sheboygan? It must be pretty much the end of the king's migration into the harbor and up the rivers, isn't it? It is, actually. Today we had six trips out. I've been managing that, you know, on the road here with my whole crew back at home base in Sheboygan. But tomorrow we got ten boats out, ten trips, I mean, six in the morning, four in the afternoon. We're still, you know, pretty busy here later part of September, but it is winding down. The harbor fishing, Dan, did slow down a little bit because we haven't had any rain, and that kind of hurt us because the harbor water is really clear. So that bite is real finicky. We are catching a few in there early morning, late evening. Bigger kings yet. There are some to be had. Um, a lot of people fishing the river, the pier, the break wall, and kayaks, their own personal boats. So they are catching them at the end, later part of September, but it's just been a, a finicky bite with the clear waters. When we're not doing that, we're heading offshore and we're going off three, four, five, six miles and catching steelhead, rainbow, coho, and some two and three year old kings. There's still fish to be had on Lake Michigan. Just watch the weather. It can get a little breezy this time of year. But get out there when you get a chance because there's some good fish out there to be had yet. And are the cohos moving into spawn yet? They are, Dan. They actually came in early. Usually it's October when they come in, and they've been in for almost two weeks now. And they're nice fish. They really are. They're like solid, just thick 10-pound cohos. You know, that's about what they're averaging. And they fight really, really hard, and they're fun to catch. I caught a few in the Roballo in my personal boat the last couple of weeks, and my customers have been reeling them in as well. The cohos are there. The kings are there. 
but that's starting to wind down, and then we, we head offshore here for the last couple of weeks and, and catch a variety of other species as we are able to get out there depending on wind and weather. Now, you're going to wrap up your season in just a short time, right? Early October? Yeah, early October we're going to wrap up and, and get the boats out, get them cleaned up, get them in our shop, and start working on them like we do in the off-season. So, yeah, it's just too unpredictable on the weather in October. So I don't want people traveling, you know, all this way to get to us and not get on the waters. So, yeah, we'll be winding up here and pulling everything pretty quick. So we do have some dates open yet. We still are running trips into early October. But I would get out here now, get it done before it's over. Otherwise, call me any time already taking reservations for next year's 920-377-1147 is my cell number. Give me a call for 2024 if you can't make it yet this year, and we'll definitely get you hooked up next year. I anticipate a great season next year because we had an awesome season this year. It was big numbers of trout and salmon, and a lot of people went home with a lot, a lot of fish. Fantastic. Well other sponsor this week, actually three of them, Bourbon Street, Holler and Hills, and Vreekies, and what can you tell us about those places? Great restaurants, bar, pub, and grills. She's really got it dialed in with three nice locations, both the north side of Sheboygan, south side of Sheboygan, and right in the center of Sheboygan, not far from our Dumper Dan docks. Penny does a great job. She's got a good crew, very, very good menus at all three places, so check out either one of them or all three of them if you're in town. A lot of the locals hang out at all of these uh, three establishments, too, that she owns. Yeah, stop on in for a nice meal, no matter where you're at, north side, south side, or central Sheboygan. They're all good menu, good food, good bar, and good times. All right. Well, Dan, we're going to let you go. I know you've got your eye on some whitetails out there, and you're going to try to tag a deer or two. Can you shoot more than one or with a muzzleloader out there? Yeah, you can. You can. We can take one buck each and one doe each. You know, we're not going to take doe this far away, but you know, we're after trophies is what we're at. We're at Spearman Outfitters. Spearman's a great friend of ours. John Spearman uh, got a nice outfitting group out here, and then Jared and Johnny B are with me too, and, and they're back with them in a couple weeks over at their properties in Minnesota, which he's got whitetail plots and plants, so he's got a nice outfit in southeast Minnesota too. So definitely chasing some whitetail, and then back at home hunting Wisconsin as well, and put some venison in the freezer. Our family really enjoys it. We actually do a game dinner down by us too. Have a lot of people down there for fish and for venison at my store, so that's a good time. It's nice to get out after a, a busy summer, that's for sure. Well, it sounds like you're having a good time and you've had a good season, and I hope that you have a, a good wrap-up to the season, and then we look forward to working with you again next year. Yep, I'll be back. Definitely we get boats in the water mid-April, and we'll be going you know, for lake trout and brown trout early in the season. And I'm hoping the cobalt are back early this year. They were here the first week of May of this year, and I'm hoping next year we'll see some early cobalt king action. So definitely get your reservations in when you can think of dates and you want to get them locked in. My number again, 920-377-1147, or Dumper Dan on the web, or Dumper Dan Sports Fishing Charters on Facebook. All right, Dan. Well, thank you very much. Good hunting and safe driving coming home, and we will be in touch. You bet. Thank you. Looking forward to next year already, and we'll post some pictures if we shoot some deer. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, Captain Dan Welsh, Dumper Dan himself, out there in Kansas hunting for whitetails with a muzzleloader. And as he mentioned, he's still got about a week of fishing left if you want to get in on it. His Facebook page is the easiest way, Dumper Dan Sport Fishing Charters. You can call him as well, 920-377-1147. 
Our other sponsors this week are Vreeke's Bar on Michigan Avenue, Hollerin Hills on South Business Drive, and Bourbon Street Pub and Grill right there on Indiana Avenue, close to Dumper Dance. Check them out online, on Facebook, or in person. I'm Dan Small, more Outdoors Radio, right after this. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Night vision optics have been around for some time, but the technology is evolving. And here to tell us about some new developments is Steve Lemonov. He's the chief marketing officer of Armasight. Their website is armasight.com. Steve, welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network, and thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for the opportunity to be on your program, Dan. I really appreciate it. We appreciate having a chance to talk to you. And can you first give us an overview of what night vision and thermal imaging are all about? Absolutely. Night vision and thermal has been around for several decades, as far back as World War I when Germans used starlight technology to see the enemy. And then the technology progressed over the years in Vietnam with starlight scopes, and then in the 80s and then 90s, it's really kind of taken off the ground when Desert Storm, Iraq conflict hit. Thousands of night vision systems were deployed to our troops, you know, having us own the night. And over the years, night vision has really improved in terms of resolution, performance, and being able to see in extreme low light conditions, you know, using starlight and moonlight, basically ambient light to amplify the image with night vision devices to produce a usable scene for our military forces, law enforcement, and even today, uh, Hunters enjoy night vision, you know, in their outdoor activities. Thermal, on the other hand, actually is a totally different technology. It's a different light spectrum, and it detects heat signatures of everything that's alive. And honestly, you know, even inanimate objects produce some thermomagnetic radiation that gives off some kind of a heat signature. And with thermal, you're able to see, like, cars, trees, tires, and animals and people. And, you know, because animals and people produce a lot higher degree of heat, they tend to pop up like, uh, you know, almost like Christmas lights in the night. And you can detect them much more easily when there is no light, when it's dark, and you're in the field, hunting, shooting, those types of activities. Uh Uh-huh. Where does Armasite fit into this picture? Tell us about the company and, and what you're about. Armasite has been around for several decades, almost two decades, and we've had a kind of interesting history. We were first a boutique shop and grew in popularity in the law enforcement military communities as we supplied night vision systems to those entities. What really propelled Armasite into the kind of the spotlight was our introduction of the very first commercially available thermal weapon sites. And that really was a game changer and we saw a huge adoption and traction from the marketplace having those types of products that really help you control predators like hogs and coyotes and 
surveillance and detect heat signatures of animals and people, it really was a new thing for the industry, for the electro optics industry that really catapulted us. Back in 2016, FLIR Systems acquired Armasite, and we were integrated into their commercial division, and we kind of grew exponentially. But FLIR decided after several years to get out of the commercial space and divested a brand, unfortunately. And recently, as of three years ago, uh, Essentria, parent company of Optics Planet, CamSaver, and other brands, approached FLIR and reacquired the assets, IP, and brand back from FLIR and created a new separate company, Armasite, to continue in the product development and bring to market new exciting devices in the vision and thermal space. Now, you mentioned military and law enforcement as the main users of products like this, uh, but you also say that now hunters are using them. What is the application for the the non-military, you know, the average hunter or outdoorsman? Yeah, in, in the last five years or so, maybe even a little more, there's been a, a huge surge in hunting at night because, you know, as we all know, there's only pretty much two seasons, spring and fall for either deer or turkey. So there's a big gap between the seasons. You know, they have summer and you have all of uh, late fall or early spring. With the prevalence of feral hogs in the South, Tallow states, and really kind of growing across the country, and also an explosion of coyotes across the country, there's not many restrictions in states to hunt those types of predators. Feral hogs are predators, and coyotes are also, you know, nuisance animals and predators. They take advantage of unprotected livestock, uh, causing millions of damage to farmers. Feral hogs cause billions of dollars of farmland damage all across the South, in Texas, and Louisiana. I've hunted several times in Louisiana with thermal and night vision for feral hogs. It's, it's a really incredible experience. But that type of hunting is really and grown in popularity because it's given hunters more opportunities to pursue their passions and hunt during the night when it's a little cooler and sometimes more available, you know, as time because people work during uh, the week, um, you know, nine to five or, you know, during the daytime. At night, sometimes they could sneak out and uh, put in a couple of sets and they uh, go predator hunting either feral hogs or, or coyotes or other species that are legal to hunt at night. You know, you can't hunt deer at night. It's illegal. We all know that or turkey, but other animals, depending on the state you, you're in, there's various species that are legal to hunt during nighttime hours. Yeah, and here in Wisconsin, I checked the regulations. As you mentioned, predators and coyotes, I think, are the only uh, uh, coyotes and raccoons are the only animals uh, that that are generally hunted at night and where it's certainly legal. And as far as I can tell, uh, thermal imaging or night vision scopes are legal as long as you're hunting a game species that's legal to hunt or within the legal hours. Uh, so I would suppose that low light conditions like dawn and dusk where you may have legal shooting hours, you can have the benefit of a thermal or uh, a night vision site. 
thermal, you know, it, it's, you're not limited to only hunting during the nighttime. There's some misconceptions by some people that the thermal you can only use at night, but you could use thermal during the daytime as well. You'll see basically the same type of image with a thermal scope at, at night and during daytime hours. So night vision is a little different because uh, you can't uh, overexpose night vision to bright light or you can damage the system. But thermal, you know, you don't have those types of restrictions. Uh-huh. So and that's the advantage because you can see both day and night through different environmental obstructions like haze or fog. You don't impede thermal technology and you can see and hunt during those conditions as well. But you wouldn't use a night vision scope at dawn and dusk then? No, dawn and dusk is still a little bit too much light for traditional night vision devices. You want to have the stars out and use the ambient light or infrared illuminator that produces artificial light to use night vision. Night vision is pretty sensitive to bright light. Okay. Well, Steve, I've got a few more questions, but we've got to take a break here. Can you stay with us? Absolutely. All right, folks, I'm talking with Steve Lemonov. He is the chief marketing officer of Armasite. They make night vision and thermal imaging products. Their website is armasite.com, and we'll be back with Steve for a few more questions right after this. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Attention future hunters. Hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. 
Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Folks, I'm talking with Steve Lemonov. He's the chief marketing officer of Armasite, a company that makes night vision and thermal imaging products. Their website is armasite.com. And Steve, we were just talking about applications for hunting of your products, and you were telling me that you would not use a night vision scope in what are traditionally known as low-light conditions, dawn and dusk, for hunting. And why is that? That's a very good question, Dan. And the reason for it is, unlike digital night vision products, traditional night vision, or as we call it in industry, I-squared, is very sensitive to excessive light. And pre-dawn, dawn, or dusk hours still produce an excessive amount of light in the atmosphere. And so traditional night vision is not appropriate because you may cause damage to those systems. Now, there are less expensive devices like digital products that you can use during those types of lighting conditions, but that's not what the law enforcement military individuals use because there are several reasons for that, actually. Digital night vision is very hungry for artificial light. So if you don't have enough ambient light from like an artificial source, like an infrared illuminator, or like dusk hours or dawn hours, your performance will not be really good, you know, especially if a low, extreme low light, if let's say you only have stars or overcast and you're not using an IR illuminator with a digital product, you're not going to see that performance like you would see with a traditional night vision device that let's say the law enforcement military individuals use. Traditional night vision systems like PVS-14s or like our BNVD-40s that use high-grade Gen 3 Image intensifier tubes do not need artificial sources of ambient light. They can rely on starlight, moonlight, any kind of light pollution in the area to produce that image, you know, a high quality image for you to be able to use at night. So these systems are very sensitive to an excess of light and may be damaged by an excess of light, even though today's technology has certain protections on those tubes like automatic brightness control uh, and other features that protect the uh, system, the image intensifier tube, but there's still a risk if if you overexpose those systems. But contrary, you know, the technology in terms of thermal has advanced so much. You have some really high-end systems with great resolution. And after the program, I'll send you a scope to test out and see exactly what I'm talking about. You can see for hundreds of yards away and, and be able to identify various targets, see the scenery, and be able to hunt effectively day or night and you know even record there's like there's features that 
in today's technology and thermal products that allow you to record your hunt and bring it back to share with your family and friends and so they can experience what you experienced in the field as well. Well, I'm looking forward to trying that out. I'm sure it's going to be an educational experience for me because I've never used these products. Now, you have some new night vision kits, I understand. Tell us, first of all, the concept of the kit. Why do What is a kit, and what have you got now that uh, is going to be on the market? Sure. What we refer to kits is a combination of different products that give the end user the full capabilities of having the device and being able to use it hands-free. Now, you know, you could purchase various components and subsystems like helmets, helmet mounts, the actual night vision devices separately from various different vendors and sources. We decided to kind of, you know, streamline the process and make it a lot easier for the end user. And by combining all those elements, you know, be able to reduce the costs. So we're partnered with uh, great companies like Team Wendy, Wilcox Industries for the helmet mounts. And combining our systems and various accessories that go with those systems to give a holistic package to the end user so they can go out hunting, splunking, you know, go into a cave if you're, if they're, you know, like to explore at night or in the woods and be able to have a hands-free experience, either, you know, holding, uh, you know, a, a rifle for hunting at night or carrying whatever supplies they need to carry, they have a better experience because they get a helmet, they get the helmet mount, they get the device that attaches very seamlessly into the helmet mount and they're able to operate during extreme dark conditions and be able to use their hands and do the various things you'd like to do, like hiking or backpacking, or very popular is setting up a set to, you know, you know, carrying your tripod, your rifle, a game call, uh, you know, popular items into the field to set up for, let's say, hunting coyotes, which is popular in Wisconsin, Michigan, and some of those other states. Yeah, Minnesota as well, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I understand you're also launching a new mini thermal monocular. What's that going to be like? Yeah, the, the Sidekick, uh, we're very excited. The industry's been really kind of anticipating this product to be released, and we're on the cusp of starting to ship them. We're very meticulous in our quality control and what we bring out and release to the market. At our core, we're very customer-centric, and we are not satisfied until we feel the product is really ready to hit the market because we're all about end-user experience, and that is what drives us as a company, having the best possible user experience out there. The, the thermal monocular, the Sidekick, it's a handheld device that can be used either in the hand or mounted to a helmet with a helmet mount and use it on a single eye or use it together with a traditional night vision device and have optical fusion so you have the best of both worlds you have night vision and thermal capability at the same time or you could uh, have two of the thermal monoculars and have a true thermal experience with a thermal goggle per se and traverse the night see exactly what's happening in the field it's a totally different world out there when you're able to step into the night and see exactly what's going on I know I've done some traveling at night, 
years ago, my son and I used to go out and hike during a full moon. And you don't need any flashlight if the moon is bright and full and overhead. And I'm sure a lot of listeners have also maybe done some night camping or just hiking at night. If you know where you're going and you got the trail, but with your products, you wouldn't need to wait for a full moon, would you? No, you wouldn't, and they'd be shocked at uh, the world that is open to them if you have this type of equipment and be able to see exactly the nocturnal activity of various animals and species and uh, you know what goes bump in the night, as they say. Yeah. It's a totally different experience in the world, for sure. Yeah. Now, I understand you've got some other thermal products you're going to be launching in the fall. Can you talk about those? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, after the Sidekick launches, we have a mini thermal weapon site that we're launching called The Collector. That product is really geared for things like a crossbow, you could put a mountain or air rifle, uh, lower caliber uh, carbines, or like an AR-15, like a 5.56. After that, we're going to release a thermal clip-on. So if you have a favorite rifle with a scope that you love to use during daytime and it's all zeroed in and you don't want to mess with taking your day scope off and putting a night vision or thermal device on, what the clip-on offers is you basically mount it in front of your day scope and it converts your day scope into thermal capability. So you use your reticle, your eye relief that you're used to, your exact same dope on your day scope and the thermal clip-on converts your day scope in, uh, into thermal capability. Wow. Now that I can see some very good use for because you don't have to swap it out with a scope because most people, once you get a scope mounted, you want to leave it on there if it's zeroed. Absolutely. we got to wrap this up here, but you're sending me a scope to try out. What is it and what can I expect it to do? I'm going to send you our top-of-the-line thermal weapon site in a 640 by 480 resolution. You'll be able to record on it and bring back your hunting adventures and showcase it to your friends, uh, social media, and your audience. You'll be able to hunt both day and night. You know, I would recommend doing the night hunting and uh, seeing if you could take some coyotes. The scope has a lot of capabilities. It has multiple color palettes that you could choose from. You have lots of different profiles. You could set up for different caliber rifles. It comes with a quick detach mount where you can swap from different rifles depending on the application or type of hunting you're doing. So it's a very capable device, and you'll be very impressed with it. All right. Well, Steve, we could go on here, but <laughs> but we're about out of time. I've got to let you go. So when I get this, I will try it out, and maybe we'll have you on again, and we can talk about what my experience is and share that. I look forward to it. Thank uh, you, Dan. Thank you very much. Steve Lemonoff, Chief Marketing Officer of Armasite. Their website is armasite.com. I'm Dan Small. Can't wait to try out their product. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the disruption camo pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Let us be your guide, Florence County, Wisconsin. 
Are you looking for that perfect Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of unclouded public land with 160 plus miles of beautiful ATV UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to exploreflorencecounty.com and plan your trip today. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show... Catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Kelm. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. And the Crestliner model year-end rebates have been extended through the end of October. And uh, they're having a big sale on pontoon boats. You can check out Cedar Lake Sales' uh, website or Facebook page for details. We're also brought to you by Huntworth Gear, performance camel wear at a price you can afford, huntworthgear.com. By Ducks Unlimited, a proud sponsor of Outdoors Radio and of duck hunters everywhere. To learn more about the world's leader in wetlands conservation, visit ducks.org. We're also brought to you by Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association, 60 square miles of fun on the water, castlerock-petenwell.com, and by Woodside Ranch Resort and Conference Center, woodsideranch.com. And if our TV show Outdoor Wisconsin is not airing where you live, you can watch past episodes at milwaukeepbs.org. And our Deer Hunt Wisconsin show from the last several years is archived on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin TV YouTube channel. We are online with this radio show where you can download it and take it with you. Listen at your leisure. Go to lake-link.com. Go to the Outdoor Radio tab and download the show. You can also find us on the Outdoor News website, outdoornews.com slash podcast. And then you can find Dan and I on social media throughout the week. Dan Small Outdoors is where you can find Dan. At Hardwater Jeff is where you can find me all across couple of calendar items you might be interested in this Saturday, and that's today for most listeners. I mentioned it's National Hunting and Fishing Day. Look for events around the country wherever you are. And if you're in Danbury, Wisconsin, or anywhere near it, the second annual Jordan Buck Day starts at 10 a.m. Details at BurnettCountyFun.com. And the third annual Clam Lake Elk Festival starts at 8 a.m., runs all day, and all activities are free. Warren Nelson and friends are performing at the Harbor View Event Center at 7.30 p.m. 
in Washburn, and you can learn more about Warren and his appearances at warrennelson.com. I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. Get outside this weekend. Be kind to each other. Stay safe out there. And join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. On one cold leg When the loon cries lover In the blue north wind I'll be trolling home to you When my wrist gets a little chilly On the gunnel When my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure When the worms go dry Coffee can honey